0: From the East Coast and the sunny shores of South Carolina, welcome to Dark Reality. We'll be discussing the unknown from cryptoids to conspiracy theories and unusual happenings. I'm your host, John Ringo. Welcome to Dark Realities. Good evening, and welcome to Dark Reality. Tonight's subject. The Anunnaki, ancient Sumerian gods. From 4100 to 1750 BC, the Sumerians flourished in Mesopotamia, worshipping deities called the Anunnaki, who some believe. Were visitors from another planet that were responsible for early human civilization's greatest breakthroughs. Before the Greeks exalted Zeus or the Egyptians praised Orisus, the Sumerians worshipped the Anunnaki. The ancient gods of Mesopotamia had wings, wore horn caps, and possessed the ability to control all of humanity. Sumerians revered the Anunnaki as heavenly beings who shaped the destiny of their society. But were they more than deities? Some theorists claim the Anunnaki were aliens from another planet. Even more shocking, they used ancient Sumerian text to back up this wild idea. Here's what we know. The Sumerians lived in Mesopotamia, present-day Iraq and Iran, between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers from about 4500 to 1750 B.C. Despite being an ancient civilization, their reign was marked by a number of impressive Technological advancements. For example, the Sumerians invented the plow, which played a huge role in helping their empire grow. They also developed cuneiform, one of the earliest known systems of writing in human history. In addition, they came up with a method of keeping time, which modern people still use to this day. But according to the Sumerians, they didn't do it alone. They owed their historic breakthroughs to a group of gods called the Anunnaki, In their telling, the Anunnaki mostly descended from a supreme deity who could control both the fate of human kings and his fellow gods. Though much remains unknown about the Sumerians, along with the way of life and left evidence of their beliefs in ancient texts, Including the Epic of Gilgamesh, one of the oldest written stories in human history, and one of the one thing is clear: it's the Anunnaki gods who were highly revered to worship these deities. Ancient Samaritans would create statues of them, dressing them in clothing, giving them food, and transport them to ceremonies. Millennia later, some scholars would speculate on what made these Anunnaki so special and that why they were held in such high regard. But it wasn't until the 20th century that the ancient alien theory really took off. Much of what we know about the Sumerian civilization came from clues that they left behind in thousands of clay tablets. To this day, these tablets are still being researched. But one author claims that some of the text an incredible revelation the Anunnaki were actual aliens in 1976 a scholar named Zachariah Stitchin wrote a book called the 12th planet which shared translations of 14 tablets related to Enki and the child of Samaritan supreme deity his book claimed that the samaritans believed that the anunnaki came from a far-off planet called nibiru according to sitchin nibiru has an elongated orbit around 3600 years at which point, this planet passes closest to earth and its people. The Anunnaki decided to make contact with our world around five, 5,000 years ago. But the Anunnaki sought more than just a friendly exchange. They wanted gold which they desperately needed to repair their planet's atmosphere. Since the Anunnaki weren't able to mine gold themselves, they decided to genetically engineer primitive humans to mine the gold for them. And by the time the Sumerians emerged as a civilization, the Anunnaki had given people the ability to write, solve math problems, and plan cities which led to the future development of life as we know it. This may seem like a truly out of this world claim, but Stitchkin, who spent decades studying ancient Hebrew, Acadinian And Sumerian until his death at age 90 in the year 2010. Once said that skeptics don't have to take his word for it. This is the text. I'm not making it up, Stitchkin told the New York Times the aliens wanted to create primitive workers from the homo erectus and gave him the genes to allow him to think and use tools as it turns out the 12th planet and stitchkin's other books on this topic sold millions of copies Around the world. At one point, Stitchkin even joined forces with Swiss author Eric von Daniken and Russian author Emanuel Velikovsky. They believed that the ancient Sumerian texts were not just mythical stories. Instead, they believed that the texts were more like scientific journals of their time. And if these theories and hypothetical correctness on all accounts, this world, and this would mean that the Anunnaki were not just deities, invented by people to explain life, but actual aliens who had landed on Earth to create life. Humans, in their telling, were made to serve alien masters who needed the Earth's goal to sustain their civilization. And as chilling as it sounds, millions are apparently willing to entertain this theory at least for fun most mainstream academics and historians reject the idea put forth by Stitchkin and his colleagues they often say that the these theorists have either mistranslated Or misunderstood the ancient Sumerian text. One Smithsonian writer outright panned the History Channel show that explores some of the theories and their writings called ancient aliens. And it is some of their most noxious sludge on TV's bottomless chum bucket. Though some skeptics admit that ancient Sumerian texts may include some unusual sounding beliefs, they think it's mostly because they live in a time before people had a sophisticated understanding of things like floods, astronomy, animals, and other parts of life. Meanwhile, authors like Stitchkin. Took the Sumerian text literally and were confident in the translations that they made despite the backlash. However, one thing cannot be denied the people of summer were advanced for their time. A clay tablet translated in 2015 shows that ancient astronomers made extremely accurate mathematical calculations for the orbit of Jupiter a full 1400 years before Europeans did and the Babylonians who succeeded the Sumerians may have also created trigonometry a thousand years before the ancient Greeks. Although the Sumerian civilization collapsed thousands of years ago, they arguably laid the seed of humanity to grow and flourish. But did they have help from an otherworldly civilization? Could the ancient Sumerians... Have had alien visitors who taught them advanced math and science. Ancient alien theorists would argue yes. They would point to translations like Stitchkin's, the advanced ability of the people of Sumer, and the fact. That some ancient Sumerian texts appear to refine and reference flying machines, although this could be mistranslation. For now, there is no confirmed evidence that Stitchkin's theories are true. However, no one knows for sure whatever or not some of his ideas might have been correct at this point scholars still have much to learn about the Sumerians many of their ancient clay texts are still being translated and other texts have not even been excavated yet perhaps most challenging we also have to recognize That humans today can't even agree on whether or not aliens exist in our own time. So it's doubtful that we'll be able to agree on the existence of ancient aliens anytime soon. Only time will tell if we'll ever know the real answer. The second story of tonight. Where is the lost Ark of the Covenant? Jewish and Christian tradition presents the Ark of the Covenant as a physical manifestation of God's presence and supreme power. Ancient Israelites marked the Ark into battle and brought whole cities to their knees The ark was so sacred that touching it meant instant death. And once it was laid to rest in the temple of Jerusalem's holiest chamber, only the highest priest was allowed to present, and only once a year. Then Babylon sacked Jerusalem in the 6th century BCE, and the ark disappeared in the thousands of years since its fate has stymied readers of history. Perhaps most famously it inspired Steven Spielberg's Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. Finding the Ark's real location probably doesn't involve an adventuring archaeologist and secretive Nazis. But what do we know about the Ark's final resting place? One of the most well-known theories... About the Ark is linked to Ethiopia's 14th century national epic, Kibra, Nagast. According to this account, the Queen of Sheba visited King Solomon in Jerusalem during the 10th century BCE and had a son by him on her journey home. Their son, named Menikat returned to Jerusalem once he was of age. Although Manneka ultimately chose to go back to his mother, Solomon sent with him accompanied the Jewish Scions. But unbeknownst to Solomon and Manneka, these companions, frustrated about leaving Jerusalem, decided to take a souvenir of sorts the Ark of the Covenant. It was too late for Solomon to retrieve the sacred vessel. Malika brought the Ark with him to the city of Ascom. And with the Ark at his side, he later conquered a number of surrounding territories for what would become the Ethiopian Empire. The Kibra Nagast, and its account of the Ark are major parts of Ethiopia's national history. Although many scholars now believe the text to be procreable Ethiopian medieval kings called the Solomonic Dynasty, claims direct descendants from Malik and Solomon This dynasty ruled from 1974 and their biblical connection was coincided in Emperor Haile Selassie I 1931 to 1955 apart from Ethiopian government the country's largest religious denomination, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, understands the Kibra Nagast to be legitimate Christian history. According to church leaders, the Ark of the Covenant has for centuries been closely guarded in a scheme at the Church of St. Mary of Zion. Not even the high priest of Aschim can enter its resting chamber. Its sole custodian is a virgin monk who cannot leave the sacred grounds until his death. The ark's influence, though, is felt throughout the Ethiopian Orthodox world. Each one of their churches houses its own tabit, a sacred replica of the Ark. Tabits are kept in the quedist kadusen, or the holy of holies, and are only taken out. During festivals and times of need. Yes, indeed, the Tabit is ventured as if it were the Ark itself. Despite being an integral part of Ethiopian Orthodox, the nature of the Ark supposed guardianship at Ascombe, has made the church's claim to ownership unverifiable. Most historians think that if it existed, the more than 3,000-year-old relic would either be disintegrated over time or it was destroyed. But this, too, is only speculation. For many, the final re- resting place of the Ark remains a fascinating mystery and perhaps an unsolved one I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Dark Reality hit the subscribe button leave me a message tell me what you think Until that time, goodbye.